You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. Everybody, welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, May 17th, 2023, and I'm your good buddy, Joe O'Brien. And I'm also your good buddy, Troy LaValle. He's your good friend, Troy. He's my good buddy, pal. And we have got an exciting <laughs> fodder lined up for you today. We're back. We're back on the East Coast, mm. feeling a little bit better. I think you could probably hear it in my voice. Uh, actually, it wasn't even that I felt that bad. It's just that when I get out there, uh, all the screaming and yelling and staying up late and talking loud in bars, it just eats away at my voice. My voice feels a lot better uh, this time around. But, uh, but yeah, we're back. We're back on the East Coast, and we are so excited to talk about the news that we have coming up here. Huge news that I tried to get you to talk about weeks ago, but you wouldn't allow it. Now... Now, for whatever reason, uh, we're, we're good to announce some really exciting things, including a couple shows that are going to be coming back. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to get to that in a second. But first, I want to get you guys updated on Gatewalkers in the studio. Yeah. This is something that has been obviously on our mind because we're coming down to the wire here to actually be- begin recording. When we were in L.A., we talked about a lighting installation. We talked about uh, a curtain installation and uh, HVAC installation, all these things that were happening, kind of finally coming together at the same time. Well, it's mostly all done. The studio is it's actually uh, there's a table in there now. There's micro. Microphones. There is audio running. We were doing some tests yesterday on it. And uh, man, we're getting so close. Can you feel it, Troy? Can you feel it? You know, it was last, was it Friday we went in there? Uh, and uh, that's when uh, McD and his aunt, his aunt, do we talked about the table story, like how this table was made? <laughs> no. Mac- McDermott's aunt made this table from scratch. <laughs> made the table. And honestly, McDermott helped a lot, uh, from what I understand. I think he was working like, you know, eight to six here and then going over to his aunt's house to put polyurethane on this thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it looks, it's, it's unbelievable because we needed a table. We didn't, we, we thought like, do we want to get like a custom game table from one of these companies? And we're like between shipping and like getting something that worked. It, it, it doesn't quite work for us because they're not the right size. Honestly, we needed like a big ass eight foot table for, for the concept that I have in mind for the show and, and for us to be comfortable. I mean, we were playing on these shitty Home Depot tables for all <laughs> of Giant Slayer once we moved into a studio and it was fine, but we're like, we want a different experience for this. So, uh, we had this table custom made and. And uh, it was delivered and installed and put together on Friday as we were laying out these rugs that I got. And then while we were in LA. Hold on. By McDermott's aunt and his mom (laughs) and his cousins. They all came up and they hauled that thing up in pieces. It was amazing. Thank you so much to the the entire McDermott family. (laughs) And for the soft pretzels from Philly. Yeah, and they brought up some soft pretzels, class acts uh, coming up from Philly, and the man, the table looks amazing. It's really gorgeous. Uh, when Skid sat down, he was just—you could just see the glow in his eyes. He's like, oh, I'm going to get to play in person on this beautiful, beautiful oak table. Yeah, it was—it was really something special. And so, yeah, uh, the. 
The studio is days away from being pretty much ready to rock, at least ready to start shooting some stuff that you guys will probably see uh, on YouTube. But we also shot some stuff that will be on YouTube that was not in studio. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we talked about this on the FOD. Uh, I talked about prepping this. This has been happening for weeks now, uh, yeah. but the process is complete. Do you want to talk about your uh, your idea for some pre-Gatewalkers, non-in-studio content? Uh, uh, content! Do you want to discuss it? Yeah. We, so, you know, people really liked back in the day when we did the uh, Androids and Aliens uh, character introductions. We recorded those in our first ever studio before we moved into the sex dungeon. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people really enjoyed those and i think we did them again or, or maybe we did them the first ones was for raiders of the lost continent now that i think about it maybe we did that with skid am i uh, misremembering that we maybe did it was do audio it. only it was audio only we did do it with skid if memory serves and uh but yeah i think i feel like androids and aliens was for well whatever androids and aliens was certainly the first video First yeah, it was video shoot video. of character creation. And it's become, you know, people introduction. still love those videos. And, uh, you know, we, we did them for, uh, obviously, for Blood of the Wild um, in, in audio form on Patreon. And so a lot of people, it was clear that people liked them, but I didn't want to do them in the traditional way. And so I, I had this idea. I was like, I want to travel to where everybody lives and go to like their favorite bar and have like a, an interview conversation, uh, really just like a hang slash conversation, um, about their character. And, 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 and so that's what we did. And I wasn't able to get to Jersey and up to Woodstock with Kate. So yesterday I was like, let's just, let's just make a day of it. And everybody come into the city and I'll travel all over the fucking city. And I did. I mean, we went all the way to Red Hook for Kate and then drove an hour uh, to Woodhaven for Skid and then 45 minutes from Woodhaven to Astoria uh, to do Joe's. And uh, I'd already shot Matthew and Sydney. So now they're all done and they're in the can. And I just saw the rough cut of Matthews and, uh, they're fucking great. Is it they're, great? It, they, it looks great. It, I mean, it's exactly the concept that I was going for, kind of this comedians and cars getting coffee uh, sort of vibe. And uh, not only did that the, did, did the, the rough cut of Matthews look good, but like yesterday, it, it just felt really good talking to you and Kate and Skid because I still didn't really know a lot about your characters. I purposely uh, not talked to you about it because I wanted that conversation to happen on camera. Um, so, uh, you know, while I knew everyone's classes because we had discussed that off air so people could start you know, working backwards from there. I didn't know ancestries and I certainly didn't know uh, the other stuff uh, everyone was thinking about. So it's really, really starting to sh take shape. And uh, now we're, we're less than a month away from recording episode one and uh, uh, a few days away from recording, uh, you know, some semblance of an episode zero. So I'm excited for people to, to see these. I am disappointed that uh you didn't pull up to grab me in a 1977 lamborghini countach i i, I didn't know that we were going for comedians and cars yeah. getting coffee vibe you were the only one i didn't damn it <laughs> ran out of budget right yep. when it came down I, to joe's video i pulled up in front of skids bar in a model t ford well, I'm so excited for you guys to see it. I could have gone on for another hour on that video just talking about the character and the game and the upcoming show. We had to cut it short. So it's a reasonable length. Uh, plus, there's some stuff you just want to save for air. But I just get sure. giddy about this stuff. And I just want to... I just want to talk and talk and talk. So yeah, I haven't looked at any of the videos because like I don't want to see what these characters are. I don't know. I want to. I, I want to. I don't want to get spoiled. Um, but I'm. I'm hoping that uh, I'm happy to hear that you you're liking how they're turning out. And when can people expect to see these things? 
I don't know. I'm still thinking about that. Uh, you know, they're obviously still being edited, but I think that, uh, you know, between we've basically, we've got strange aeons, uh, coming out tomorrow night. Uh, and then we're away, uh, next week with a show in St. Paul and Asheville. So the next two weeks after that, there isn't going to be a strange aeons because those uh, weeks are going to be filled by these shows. And then we come back, uh, you know, three weeks after three weeks from tomorrow with a new episode on Twitch. And then that might be it for Strange Aeons. We're, 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 we're kind of thinking that that's it. Now, does that mean that, uh, you know, the new Glass Cannon podcast is going to launch the next week? Absolutely not. Um, but it, I think that we're getting to the point now where we are close enough to start stemming the tide between the, the, the relaunch of the show with some of this other content that we've created between the character videos and the episode zeros and whatnot. But uh, figuring out how it's going to be disseminated video, audio, where and when is just something that's uh, it's on my to-do list, but I'd say it's around uh, number 40 to 45 on my bullet points at the moment. <laughs> you know, it's funny because like normally you would uh, just make that number ridiculously huge and laughable so that no one actually had information. But I bet you it's actually around number 40 to 45 on your list right now. Yeah, Because I'm familiar with that list. And uh, <laughs> I think that that's exactly where it probably is. Um, By the end of the day, it might get pushed. But right now it's sitting <laughs> comfortably around 43. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, get excited, guys. We, we are very excited about it. And, you know, I think you should expect to see it within a couple months. Uh, so, I don't know, a month. I don't know. We'll within see. Within a month, uh, yeah. I know. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I, I'm just guessing. But, uh, yeah, sometime within that time frame. So, look forward to it. Uh, I'm kind of racing here because I want to get to We Are Stupid. It's going to be such a juicy We Are Stupid this week. I'm really excited. But I do want to talk about Glass Cannon Live. Uh, VIP is now not, no longer available at, in St. Paul and Asheville. Uh, by the way. What's up, Asheville? Thank you for showing up. That's awesome. Selling out that that VIP is huge for us. We appreciate every one of you so much. Oh, fun fact uh, for Asheville. Let's say you were interested in getting into VIP in Asheville, but you missed out on the opportunity. We actually – we've never mentioned this on Fodder before because it really hasn't been um, an issue before. But this time, uh, for whatever reason, there's a couple slots open for Asheville merch volunteers. If anybody Mm. out there wants a free upgrade to VIP, uh, by all means, hit us up. And not even just an upgrade. Like, you can just... You can just come to the show for free and VIP for free. If you were thinking about tickets but couldn't get it for whatever reason, hit us up at volunteers at glasscannonetwork.com and let us know if you're interested. Uh, you can – there's a couple slots left on the merch team. So just let us know. Yeah, it's a fun um, – you know, obviously you got you to gotta do a little bit of work to help us out. But you get to hang out before the show. You're pretty usually watching some of the sound check and, uh, you know, we pop by the, the table and then you get free tickets to the show and – Free tickets to the after party. So it's it's a good yep. time. I like doing some high fives, handshakes, fist bumps, hugs. Yeah, you're, if you're, you're not into that, that kind of personal space invasion, you just let me know. Just let me know. I, but I'm a big I, fan of hugs. I used to come over and be like, can you move that one T-shirt six inches to the left? But I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I just yes, assume it's changed. a mess. I just you're... assume it's a mess and move on with my day. That is so rude, especially to Jen with two ends, who's always spearheading this stuff. Those tables are beautiful. They're always featured in the hype videos. No, they look great. Yeah, They look they... amazing because they're uh, – they, I mean – our videographer uh, – and we've changed videographers a few times, not like permanently, but like in different cities, we need to use different ones. They all always shoot that merch table because they're like, oh, yeah. look at this. It it's really works well on video. So uh, thank you to our various merch teams around the country that have you, stepped up. Dude, speaking of merch, did you get an Owlbear t-shirt, the new Owlbear shirt? 
No, I don't. We don't get comp T-shirts of anything we make. You're the only one that gets comps. <laughs> you should be able to get comps. Uh, it's fucking beautiful. I love this shirt, and uh, we've got a new one in a similar vein uh, that we're launching in St. Paul and Asheville. And I, I'm fucking excited about it. I actually just said I, I messaged uh, Zach. I was like, "Yo, can you send me one of those owl bears?" Because I've been seeing people wearing them. I'm like, I really want that shirt. Um, but if you haven't got the owl bear shirt, go to our merch store and buy it. It's fucking sick. Maybe and I'll it's, just steal one in, in St. Paul. Yeah, it's all part of this initiative. I'm just trying to make stuff that is network agnostic as well, um, because we want to. It just people. appreciates the love of gaming. Yeah, appreciates the love of gaming. It doesn't necessarily Not have to have... just the brand of the glass cannon. Right. I could do an inside joke about something that, uh, you know, Nico said on Raise the Lost Continent. You know how many people are going to buy that shirt? 17. You know how many people might buy an owlbear shirt? Millions. That's that's a ridiculous statement. Uh, <laughs> Nico has millions of fans. Um, <laughs> speaking of stepping up uh, your game, LA, come on. What is with Southern California? They're so what lame is out going there. On out there! I did enjoy our trip out there last week. I, I like, really did. And I, think uh, I just man, got over my jet lag, but I, uh, I uh, <laughs> yeah, and I love our performers out there. They are a blast to hang out with. Uh, but Nash, where's the Southern California Nash? Uh, this happens every LA time, dude. Like they like garbage. wait to the last second to buy tickets, and we're we're. Uh, I think we're almost at half sold, which is great. But like we've mentioned this a few times, like if you if you live out in LA, you want to come see us. This is the 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 2023 tour is a really really good time, as evidenced by Boulder and as soon to be evidenced by next week in St. Paul and Asheville. Please come out to this and please buy these tickets because we have important people that are coming and we want to show off. We want to show off. We want to show how the Nash, uh shows up and shows their love. So please uh, don't wait the last minute because I'll tell you what, if you do wait the last minute, something could happen where there's a huge uh, you know, uh, influx of sales, and then you lose out. So please hook us up. And also, like, there's still plenty. Even though Asheville showed up and bought VIPs and buying tickets, there's still plenty of tickets left in Asheville. Come on out to that. In fact, we're going to be launching on the on the on the private Discord some individual channels for each of the cities that we're visiting in, so people can start communicating with each other who might be coming to the show. Maybe you might have an extra ticket. Maybe you're looking to do a hang that day. Maybe we're going to organize some hangs in these various cities. Maybe people are like, I want to go, but I need a ride from three hours away. Or I'm thinking of flying in. Does anybody want to get an Airbnb or share a hotel? That's why we're going to create these individual channels for each city. Um, and McD and, and Michael are, uh, are going to be working on some, uh, some, some local events as well. So check that out on the Discord. Come on out and St. Paul, we've got like what 20 something tickets left. We sold out last time. St. Paul, if you want us to come back next year, gotta buy these last 20 tickets. <laughs> Down go. to the wire. Down to the wire. Um, yeah, thank you all for those have that who those who have bought tickets. And if you haven't yet and you want to come out, come out. It's a great show, it's a great time. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, I've got coming up this week. Star Wars is coming back. We're having so much fun playing Star Wars. We're continuing it on Labs tomorrow. That was because a lot of fun. It's just so much fun uh, to be back in that world playing that game. It's an absolute blast. If you guys have been enjoying it, I know the chat has been blowing up, loving it the last two weeks. Well, guess what? It's coming back again this week because uh, we had something else in mind and we had a scheduling issue. It's like, you know what? Let's just push it and... Uh, and we'll do Star Wars. Um, next week, no labs, right? Yeah, because we're away. And uh, we're away. we do we try to do three a month, and this would be the third. And it kind of worked out perfect. Like, 
Not that we really want to add another show to our schedule this week, but it was a lot of fun. I don't even think we're going to finish it uh, this time around, but it just seemed like a no-brainer. We needed a labs. Let's do Star Wars. Yeah, it's been really fun. And then we don't have <clears throat> exact dates set in the books but uh, as of right now, but I can tell you, uh, be pretty confident, Nish, you're going to see the continuation of our Alien game in June. Uh, that's going to happen in June. might not be June 1st. In fact, it's not going to be June 1st, but hopefully shortly after that. Um, <clears throat> all right. So the thing that I really wanted to get to today, this is all just precursor to, uh, the return of some shows. We had discussed shows that had season season ones last year, where this year there was a lot of, we had to pound the pavement a lot on our end to, uh, generate sponsorship for these shows because they do cost a lot of money to make and, uh, they, they, we need that, that financial support in order to keep them going because these are shows that feature non-founders in a, in a large part and uh, people that have to get paid, you know, to do every episode and everything. So the shows just cost money, all the production value, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so we wanted to get a sponsorship before we announced anything on these. And we've come to a place where I think we can make some announcements. So I'll, I'll kick it to you, man. Yeah. Um, well, I can officially say that Haunted City, Time for Chaos, and Voyages of the Jump are coming back for season two yes! this year. Yes! Uh, in fact, uh, I think recording for Haunted City is uh, already underway. We've started certainly booking uh, the dates for that, and uh, I've begun booking uh, Time for Chaos dates. And uh, I just got an email yesterday that was like, are we good to start booking voyages? I'm like, let's fucking go. Fucking uh, go. So, yeah, you could expect uh, somewhere around 10 episodes of Voyagers that will be coming uh, most likely in the fall. Now, I'm, here's what I'm saying. I'm giving you my sort of estimates. This canon will change. But right now, the projection is Voyagers to uh, launch in the fall. Uh, and... Uh, then Haunted City sometime will be the first one. I would say you can expect that hopefully uh, within the next month, month and a half. And then uh, Time for Chaos is going to finish out the year. That's going to come in uh, sort of the late fall um, so that we'll have content going through the winter. Um, and so there'll be less overlap with the other shows because, as everyone knows, Delta Green, Get in the Trunk, Season 5 is coming this summer. This summer, this summer, Coldstone returns. Started out as friends, <laughs> turned deadly. <laughs> uh, yeah, get in the trunk. You tweeted out about it. I guess we mentioned it on the FOD. Um, it's underway. It's underway. We've already been recording, and my mind is already blown at how awesome it is already. <laughs> so, And that's saying a lot, because I knew what was kind of going to happen coming in, and I had no idea how good it was going to be once I set you guys loose on it. So That was a long season premiere, but man, it took some twists and turns. You Juicy can't, season premiere. Try to put your thumb on any moment of that show. You better, you better hold down tight, because your thumb's about to get pulled away. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't wait for that to release. Uh, we'll have more information on that. Hopefully, in the coming weeks on the FOD, we might be able to nail down a release date. But um, this summer, this somewhere summer, let's take it over to We Are Stupid uh, Glass Cannon Podcast, Strange Aeons, Episode 75, Meet Cute. There was some mistakes here. Mistakes were made. You sure? Eh, pretty sure. Uh, I mean, the reason I'm definitely sure is because the biggest mistake was by me. And it makes me <laughs> sick. It makes me sick. Oh, it's no. one of those ones where I just, I had no idea. 
<coughs> pardon me. <coughs> I had no idea until Professor Eric wrote to me and said, Joe, you blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, uh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. So um, was it one of these things where like somebody did something and you very confidently said, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. No, no, that is the worst. That's the that worst. That is the worst when I'm like, no, no, that's not how that rule works. And I'm 180 degrees off. No, <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad one because uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It now, while I am still not confident, fully confident in our ability to to get out of this thing without a TPK, I definitely think we're looking at deaths. But like, I think that I gave us a, a fighting chance by unbelievably cheating here, which is very simply, <laughs> I moved up it was very early in the episode. I think it was the first action. In fact, I moved up to cast freedom of movement on Aldo and then I moved back. And I just thought that the wand was like an action, but it's not. It's two actions because it's the spell to cast it. It's the same amount of actions as casting ah. the spell, which I just didn't think of at all in the moment. And in the week after, it never occurred to me. And then I get Professor Eric's email and just forehead slap. And the problem with that, <laughs> the reason it bothers me so much is – if I did it, I would have been in the range of the belts. I would have easily been captured in the belts because they roll a million. It's plus a million, I think, is their modifier. And uh, I just – if I'd be grappled. Like, I should be grappled right now. So it's really depressing for me uh, to think about how that has unfairly shifted things. That said, uh, an honest mistake. I just didn't – I just thought it was like an interact X or something. I was being an idiot. But it is It is the spell. You are casting the spell. And I'm going to dig into that spell in a minute. That's going to be the, the, the juiciest part of this. And I love um, Eric's breakdown of this. And we'll talk about it. I'm very excited because I think it could apply to uh, any game. And it gets into that, that tricky situation with counteracting and such, uh, which – is getting less and less complicated to me as we get further along. I think that people, you can read it, and it's, it's very easy to be like, this is so mind-numbingly complicated. But it, it's really not that bad. It just is built to be fair. It's built to be balanced. And in order for that to work, you, you have to write a few freaking sentences. So deal with it. Um, first, I want to talk, uh, before we get into freedom of movement, I do want to talk about uh, bravery. This is something that Matthew has never mentioned. Yeah, I've I, seen it mentioned on the <clears throat> on like the boards, and I just keep forgetting to mention it to Matthew. And yeah, also, so it, it benefits him, so I don't want to alert him. To it. <laughs> right, it benefits him. <laughs> I'm going to send Professor Eric's notes over to uh, Matthew. Ethel has bravery. Quote: When you roll a success at a will save against a fear effect. You get a critical success instead. In addition, anytime you gain the frightened condition, reduce its value by one. Not that it has an enormous impact in this situation where Ethel just like goes down immediately, but like, man, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one to know about. He's missed um, it by one several times. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, Eric did the math and said, I believe that uh, if his reflex save against the breath weapon was one higher, it would have been a success, which would have been a critical success, mm. which would have meant no damage. Yeah, that's huge. So, man. That's that's very, very interesting. And, uh, you know, Ethel could have been up, you know, and I, I think he's the primary contender, I think, for uh, not going to make it through. So we'll we'll see. But, mm. man, 
to, to, to miss it out on that sort of ability, not realizing it's on your sheet. Come on, man. Oh, you Get hate it to together. see it. All right. So <laughs> let, let's talk about uh, freedom of movement here. There's one major issue that I want to talk about. Here's the minor issue. The minor issue is Eric agrees with me on interpretation. You never really had a full – in fact, you might agree with us because you never really fully uh, decided on the interpretation because it seemed like the, the role didn't really matter. But that was um, – uh, that the that the belts that were holding us were created by a magical effect, but were not in fact magical in the sense that like it is still a physical object that's holding you. It's just animated by magic. Yeah. So magic animates it, but it is still a physical thing that's holding you as opposed to a magical effect that is a non-physical thing that's holding you, whether that's like I said in the episode, blue lines of light, right? Or uh, an immobilized spell or something well, of that nature. I was saying that the effect is magical, and that's why you don't succeed. Right. And w- I disagree with that interpretation, as right. does Eric, because he doesn't believe – because freedom of movement, it definitively by its 1E definition, does get you out of magically animated physical barriers. So, like, if twigs came up from the ground from a druid spell, freedom of movement got you out of that. But it would come up against uh, a difficult thing if you were held by, like, some sort of force spell or a time stop kind of thing or – you know what I mean? Like, something yeah. that there's no physical restraint that you could slip out of. If you could just roll an escape artist check to get out and could succeed, then freedom of movement can get you out of it is sort of the the idea. And in this case, there was an escape DC, right? Was there not? Um, uh, yes, there was. It was just really, really high. So I, I think that it should have worked. But you understand the- my reasoning though, right? Like these are magical straps. It wasn't like a there wasn't a brain attached to it. It was magic. No, I, I, no, I understand. The, You're talking about ma- magically animated straps. Yeah. I'm talking about if it's not a physical thing that's animated, that's what I would think freedom of movement doesn't work against. Mm. Um, uh, I would probably consider it a mundane source. This is what Eric says. I would probably consider it a mundane source for the purposes of freedom of movement. If it's a magically animated object that sounds like a physical effect. So the, the physical effect is it is physically wrapping you up. However, if it's a magical effect above and beyond an animated object, then it does sound like a magical effect for the purposes of freedom of movement. Um, so it says in this, in 1E, freedom of movement would have been a perfect counter since it included magical effects. So uh, that's another <clears throat> interesting point that I'd like to bring up. Uh, oh, my gosh. I had the name written down. I want to say Silver. This was actually on Patreon, and it was a comment that was written by one of the listeners. Thank you so much for subscribing and for listening, and we take your comments to heart. I thought it was a really great Really great comment, which was, um, oh, here it is. John Silver on Patreon writes, I reckon that some of this adventure hasn't accounted for the transition to 2E in the items in Magic. Like the freedom of movement wand is probably meant to be the perfect counter to this encounter. And that's Mm. probably why it's built in there. In 1E. In 1E. Similarly, Dimension Door scrolls are probably built in there as a method to get within the prison. But in 1E, everybody could go. In 2E, they can't. So it just has no effect the way that it was meant to in the original AP. Anyway, John Silver brings out just an interesting point. That wasn't really about interpretations as much as like, there are so many complications to translating you know, to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you move over the AP, I can never think of it. Converting. Uh, 
What's that? Converting. Yeah, to converting. There are so many minor details that could so easily be missed by anybody, even an expert. Uh, the the oh, little yeah. details like that, uh, that's probably – the freedom of movement was probably meant to be a counter to this situation or help in this situation. And so, anyway. So yeah, that's pi- an- the adventure paths have a, a, a bit of a history, which I think is a problematic history of being a little too Chekhov's gunny. Like if you get some random treasure, it's meant to be used for something specific. And I don't like that because it tends to be, it tends to telegraph something that's about to happen. Like I think you should just get treasure and, uh, you know, if it's it, sometimes it's relevant and sometimes it, you, you create its relevance. Um, but I can see, uh, and I've made a point to mention to the person that's, uh, converting book four, I'm like, keep a special, eye on treasure conversions um it does you can't just make literal conversions and i think that like probably the people at paizo are learning better how to convert these things that uh literal conversions uh just don't necessarily work all the time mm-hmm. yep i i think that that's uh yeah it's a really good point um and i i'm glad that we're thinking about it but i i do agree that it's i think it's beyond just about anybody to make a perfect flawless conversion like it's just oh, yeah. really really hard it's really really difficult um okay so this is the the chunk that i want to get into now that i'm really excited about this this got me it's got me juiced up my my uh my rules lawyer nerdiness just went through the roof on this which is are we still talking really, about freedom movement we we still are but it's oh, really God. just an example of a larger scale this is an example that applies to all magical effects and counteracting and this kind of stuff at this level. Professor Eric lays this out, and it is such an important distinction that we did not make up. Spell level does not compare to hazard level or creature level. Spell levels can only be used to compare to spell levels. Spell levels compare at a higher rate to hazard levels and character levels. So a fourth level spell which is base DC 23, that is base DC 23 in terms of the overall system, is the same as a seventh level hazard or creature, base DC 23. Which makes sense because you are, generally speaking, seventh level when you can begin casting fourth level spells. You're a seventh level creature when you can cast fourth level spells. So, in the situation where we said, where I said freedom of movement would work if... The um, spell level is uh, equal to or higher than the effects level. The we and I said whatever eff- the the hazard level is, and whether it was a hazard technically or not, even if the creature somehow was behind it, or you can you know map it based off of what the DC is to escape it. You are still in a situation where actually the way counteract works is, and this is reading right from page 458 of the core rulebook. If an effect is a spell, its spell level is the counteract level. Otherwise, have its level and round up to determine the counteract level. Have the hazard level and round up? Yes, and round up. Okay. So what you end up getting, and that's how it relates to spell level. So a freedom of movement is a fourth level spell, and the creature is seventh level, or the hazard is seventh level, you have it and round up, and what do you get? Four. You know, like they, they are exactly equal, and yeah. it should counteract. That's why I was saying it, freedom of movement is a high-level spell. It shouldn't be useless against creatures of a consummate level with us. Now, uh, I have reason to believe, based on the Breath Weapon DC in Episode 75, that this creature is of a higher level than us. And I don't know if the creature is animating the ropes. I, I don't know any of these details. I, I'm not interested in them. But I do want to pass on to everybody 
this sort of this detail that I really want to remember going forward because I do do a lot of counteracting kind of stuff these days with with my wizard. And <laughs> if it's wizard. not a direct yeah, if it's not a direct spell, half the creature level and round up. That's a really good basic way to see if you counteract something that's kind of up in the air. You're like, well, what's the creature that's casting it? Or what's the creature that's doing it? Or what's the item level or the, uh, you know, whatever of the effect that's, that's getting involved. Um, because he brings up item level two. item level four is DC 19 spell level four is DC 23. So level four items do not, correlate to level spell level four they're not as powerful um so it's it's interesting there's like a Mm -hmm. lot to consider there when you have an item level if it's an item level eight you would want to have that and round up so a freedom of movement spell that is going to break you out of an effect that's created by a magical item if it's an item level eight it does it even if it's a spell level four because you have it and round up interesting Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting point that I, I've read that line before, but I didn't apply it in this situation. If I would have been thinking on my feet, I would have. Um, but it's an important thing to realize, which when you think about it, makes perfect sense because spell levels do not um, – they are relative to regular levels, but they're not equal, right? So, like, when you're casting level 8 spells, you're like a f- level 17 character. You know what I mean? You're not a level 8 character. Mm-hmm. So, it, it makes sense, and they have the math figured out here in the game design half have it and round up is going to put you at about where spell levels are and that you you know it's the same if you think about it this design is beautiful because it's all through the game this is how you do cantrips these cantrips are heightened to half your level plus one or half your level rounded up that's what cantrips are all heightened to um similarly i thought that there was one other example um but when you unlock spells you know, mm-hmm. you get fourth level spells when you're seventh level, half your level rounded up. You'll get fifth level spells when you're ninth level, half your level rounded up. You'll unlock fifth level spells. So, like, it's all sort of correlating in my mind as one sort of mathematical system that is designed uh, to work in a lot of different ways. So, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I know. I just love this shit. This, this is my is favorite right up stuff. up your alley. It really is. It really is. And now I'm, I'm hoping, I think I have a better handle on it now, and I look forward to having it come up in Blood of the Wild, having it come up in Strange Aeons, having it come up in Gatewalkers. I feel a lot more confident now about uh, Counteract, and I and I can see now how to apply it to a lot of different things that aren't simply spell versus spell action. Um so yeah, that's it. That's all I had for uh, We Are Stupid. At <laughs> the end of it, spell on spell action. Let's not gloss over the lead here. I cheated. I cheated in episode 75, and it might, uh, it might save some lives, and I'm going to be embarrassed about that. In fact, in episode 76, I might just start killing my allies to kind of even it out. It's really the only way to be able to sleep with yourself at night. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> I'm going to create an illusion of an enemy coming to attack Aldo. Uh, and <laughs> really just to balance the tables a little bit. Um, oh, God. Yeah. You got anything else, buddy? Or do you want to get out of here? I'm ready to rock out. Yeah, no. Um, you know, uh, I, I had another piece of news that I was thinking about. Uh, sometime this week, stay tuned to social media because tickets for Glass Cannon Live uh, in Indianapolis are going to go on sale as well as right. this second show is going to be announced and go on sale uh, this week as well. That's going to be uh, Thursday, August 3rd and Friday, August 4th in Indy during Gen Con. Get excited. Get excited. Keep an eye on the social medias 
because Gen Con's gonna, Gen Con and Indy are going to be here before you know it, and it's just going to be an absolute blast. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to get like sick to my stomach thinking how soon it's happening. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's really it's, soon. It's less than three months, less than three months, <laughs> and there's there's much to be done. Uh, so with that. Let's go get to work on Gen Con. Goodbye, everybody. Have a fantastic week. You got uh, Degenerate Dungeon tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Strange Ions Episode 76 is airing tomorrow night live at twitch.tv slash the glass cannon at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And then uh, other than that, I think that's it for now. We'll see you next week right before we head out to St. Paul. So until then, have a good one, everybody. Bye. St. Paul. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.